Here we are, back on the mic. And this uh, time, it relates really well because this mic is actually my guest mic who gave it to me a couple months ago. It's a man that, actually the only man I've called boss, quote unquote boss, that's cut me paychecks before. It's Casper Reiner. He's, uh, he owns the club, the Sober, Sober, still can't say it. <laughs> Solar Gold Diggers, the, the team I play for, American Football, but he's been a very successful person at a young age, 26 years old. He's been a, a president of the club for the last five years, also does some marketing in the business, and man, he's been a, a big supporter of the podcast, always sending good constructive criticism, and I appreciate everything he's done for me. I appreciate um, him as a boss as a friend, and I'm very glad we get to get this uh, recording in here before I head back to the States. So, Casper, how's it going? Hey, Hank, it's uh, pretty good, and hi, everybody out there. Uh, first of all, I want to correct you that uh, you said I was the owner of the team. I've never been the owner of the team. Um, football in Denmark doesn't have owners of, of the teams yet. We'll see what's in the future. Um, but I'm uh, an elected president by the members of the organizations, which in this case is the players, all the way from the Youth 10 program, under 10 years old, to the uh, Men's Elite program, which you've been playing for this year, um, with great success. Unfortunately, we could have won one, one more game, but... Yeah, we're recording this right after we uh, lost the semifinal game. A heartbreaker, so... Yeah, it, was, it was crazy, but it's been a hell of a year, and I've totally enjoyed having you here. It's uh, It's been a pleasure, man. You put up some numbers this year, and, uh, and uh, wow, I mean... In my, in my opinion, it's an MVP season, Nick. Yeah, we'll see what happens. It's been a blast, though. It's been a total blast, and and I'm really excited to get you on this podcast because you you run, you're the president of an organization. You deal with so many different people at such a young age. You know, how do you deal with all these personalities, all these players? Um, it's pay to play. Now, I mean, there's a lot of little pieces moving around at every level that you kind of um, operate over of. How do you get this stuff done? What are the keys to the success you've had? Yeah, I mean, to, to the listeners in the States, it's, it, you need to imagine a program which is kind of like a, a travel basketball team. Um, AAU? Where, yeah, I mean, I'm not too much interested. Like, just in general, like, travel, you pay to play, you come in for a club team, and, and uh, we just deal with that from, from everyone all the way from, like, eight-year-olds, kids, uh, to seven-year-old cheerleaders, to... Um, all the way up to senior players at 35 years old, um, and uh, getting into that was uh, wasn't actually in my uh, in my perspective or in my in my plans. Um, but I kind of got thrown thrown into it in a in a pretty young age, and and for the past five years, it's uh, it's 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 been a ride, man. It's uh, it was uh, it was a little emotional yesterday when when. I knew it was going to be my my last last home game uh, in charge of the of the Gold Diggers as as the president. Um, I'm still gonna gonna continue in a smaller role, but 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 it, it was emotional, man. It's uh it's um it's been crazy, and, and having to deal with with people, uh, eight year old kids coming in trying out for, to to play, and having to convince them that American football is the is the best sport in the world when when they've grown up with. Nine out of ten times growing up with parents who's been like, oh, it's all about soccer or it's all about or football, as we call it here in Europe. Um, um, being like, oh, you got to play handball or we do swimming or you got to play badminton or uh, volleyball or whatever sports are bigger over here in, than, than football. It, 
it's hard, but I, I feel like we're we're doing a pretty good job dealing with dealing with people here and trying to to create an experience which is different from what people get um, coming from other sports. Um, we're trying to create a, not not only good athletes and good football players, but which or cheerleaders for that for that matter, um, but we're trying to create a, a frame for, for people to thrive within and actually become better people in general. Um, uh, it's hard. Um, <laughs> the Danish culture over here is, uh, is very laid back. Um, so to, to trying to put people into structured uh, frames or, or a structured program is, it's, it's hard, but, but we're, uh, I feel like we're slowly progressing um, in the right way. Um, but it's, it's a long way coming, man. Totally, because American football and, and football in general is a lot like life. Working with the team, taking orders, um, adversity, struggle. It's so much um, like a metaphor or whatever, analogy for life. And, you know, how you realize that because you went to the States. You played American ball and you were uh, actually interning too at a, at a college. You want to kind of go through how you got into American football and why you view it as so important, why you put so much effort into creating the culture here. Yeah, so kind of, I grew up doing two sports pretty much like every every other kid here. I, I started out playing soccer at four. Um, my dad signed me up to play soccer, which I played for about 10 years. And, um, and at the point where I was in the sixth grade, I think, or maybe the seventh grade, um, some of the guys uh, from my class bought one of those little fan footballs, probably, I think it was like a 49ers uh, logo on it or something like that. And, and we um, and they brought it for the for the breaks uh, in the schoolyard um, down in um, down in my class, and I was like brand new. And hey, you want to be that tough guy? And, and we started playing full contact American football during, during the breaks with no with no pads on or no helmets or anything. Yeah. So we literally took each other out during the breaks of school uh, instead of playing soccer, which everybody else usually just runs out of the classroom as soon as we get a break just to get 20 minutes of soccer in uh, yeah. every break. Um, but but at thirteen I, I started I started football uh, actually with the Gold Diggers in their youth program. Back now hold on hold on what drew you to that though in the recess was it the the hitting the meanness of it I mean what why did you love doing it I, I mean I've always been a finesse guy um, so so I like throwing the football I like catching the football I uh, started watching a bit of the uh, NFL in the in TV it was big I remember watching the I think it was the I think it was the Coles versus the Steelers Super Bowl, um, maybe 2006 or 2005 Super Bowl. I can't really remember. Um, and at that point, actually, I was a national champion in ballroom dancing. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, of course, my, my mom, uh, being a former ballroom dancer, too, uh, thought this was a, a terrible idea that I should start playing American football on the side, uh, pra already practicing uh, my, my dancing three to four times a week with tournaments being in, in the weekends. Um, and actually on a pretty high level of, uh, of dancing. And of course my, my partner, which ballroom dancing is, is a two-man sport. Um, we, uh, well, not two men in this case, but in my case was a girl involved for ballroom dancing. But, uh, I mean, we made it work and practiced twice a week, 13-year-olds. There's no U14 team or, or, or any U13 team back then. So got thrown right in there with, uh, I was in like in the sixth grade, ninth graders playing on my team. And I, I mean, I, for real, Nick, I, I got my ass kicked. It was, uh, it was crazy. Yeah. But, but huge learning experience and, and made me understand football when I got into it. I had a, 
very strict coach, like military discipline and, 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 and just, hey, caught my attention. And I just like, that's the first team sport, to be honest, that I've ever stayed with. Man, hey, I'm still here today. And then, yeah, you said I played in the States. It's true. I, I was lucky that I had parents that had the possibility to, um, and the ability to uh, send me to the, to the States to play high school football. So I went to boarding school in Jacksonville, Florida, which uh, was where I actually met your former co-host, uh, Desmond. Yes, yep. Um, played high school football with him. Or, I mean, to be honest, I didn't really play high school football with him. But at least, I mean, I was standing on the sideline watching Des play a lot. Um, but I get, did get to play a lot of JV football and, and had the honor of being one of two JV kids being moved to the varsity team uh, when uh, – when the JV season ended and actually got to win a state championship in Florida. I bet when you saw those Friday nights with the lights and the whole town there and, and just the cheerleaders and how everyone cared about that, you really realized how special this sport is to, first of all, us Americans. But, you know, did you really get something from that experience, the high school football there? That was a huge dream for me um, coming true. Um, because actually, I'd say 70% of my reason for wanting to be in Started out me wanting to be an exchange student, just a regular regular exchange student coming over for a year living with a host family. Um, but I talked to two friends that I played with was older than me, and one was an exchange student, and the other one went to a boarding school. And it just seems like the guy in the boarding school had a a huge experience. And and, and to be honest, um, I thought I was coming there to play football, and I played quarterback for three years in Denmark before that, and I thought being the maybe the best U16 quarterback in Denmark at that point. I was going to come in uh, to the States and be, be the man. Um, but uh, after Hell Week, having to go through all of Hell Week, getting the information, yeah, by the way, I heard you're only here for one year, so but you cannot play quarterback for this program. So so my entire football dream, going there, uh, <laughs> boarding school, Florida, all by myself, didn't know anyone when my, my mom uh, and my older brother left me in the airport in, uh, in Newark, New York. Uh, then... I was like, it was, it was hard, and I actually wrote a blog about it back then. It was like having to overcome that thing of having to realize that, hey, I, I, can't, I can't play quarterback here. So I had to make the best of the, uh, of the situation and the opportunity, and I was lucky enough that I got a chance to still play a wide receiver uh, while I was there. And, and, of course, as every other Danish kid uh, playing soccer for 10 years, I could kick the football for them too. So, so yeah. So that experience right there, that jolt of failure and adversity. Um, how did you handle that? Why didn't you just quit? Like a lot of people. Um, to be honest, at, at that point, um, having to go through a hell week and and not figuring out not playing quarterback, and I was really tired after hell week. Uh, I puked freaking twenty times during that. <laughs> Week. I thought I was in good shape when I got there, but Florida, Florida three days back then was uh, that was something else. The heat, the heat, and the heat. Yeah, I remember people being driven away in ambulances and having to get an IV and, and everything just because they dehydrated and and, and but but for, I remember the first night Friday after Halloween, set Friday night, and some of the guys invited me home to stay at their place for the weekend uh, because I was staying at the school, obviously going to be a boarder um, after after Halloween, so I already got my room and all that stuff. I was like, I'm just tired. I'm just going to sleep. But sitting there, going on the computer Friday night uh, after Hell Week, um, texting, starting going on Facebook, writing with my friends, calling my, my family on Skype. I mean, I, I poured my eyes out. I, I was crying for like three hours. I was so homesick. And 
and everything was just wrong. I was ready to go home right there. I mean, that, that's it. And I was I was really lucky that like the next morning, um, some of the guys I, I remember there's the the Fierce brothers, um, which was uh, two guys on my on my team. One was a junior, one was my grade sophomore at point. And they called me and like, hey, come out. We'll go out. We'll go to the mall this uh, weekend. And we'll take you out. And, and from there, they picked me up at, at the school, and, and those guys, I mean, I have those guys to thank that, that I actually ended up staying there, because, I mean, I remember this, our first car ride, uh, there's, a, there's a guy, the other kicker on the team, Robert Cook, uh, uh, who, uh, who, drove, uh, who drove the car, and after five minutes of being in the car, in the stage, we got pulled over by the cops, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, because we, he speeded going past the cop in, in the side, and, and we got pulled over, and I was like... Okay, these guys are cool. I mean, that's uh, this gonna be a fun experience, and um, I just decided to make the best of it. And, and the week after, all the other boarders who wasn't football players started coming in, and and just living with forty-seven guys from nineteen different nationalities, and, and getting to know other people is that was that was something else. I mean, I still consider my high school year as maybe the best year of my life so far. That, isn't, isn't that amazing? So you're about to quit and leave it all, all that struggle, all that adversity, you fought through it, and then what you got from it. You know, that's kind that's, of like a metaphor for, you know, happiness in life. Dude, I got, I got network and friends in 19 different countries, and having to talk, like, pretty much I can go to any state in the, in the States and know somebody who went to that boarding school, or... Um, Having to like, I remember, I remember later, later in that time, like, I mean, I'm going back to Denmark, play a little football, quit football, and then everything is there. Going back to the states uh, before I went to college to to intern, I mean, I could, I had a layover in Chicago, and and I mean, I could sleep at somebody I know's place and have to get a hotel room because I knew somebody in Chicago. I mean, that was uh, that was amazing, and, and I mean, but hey. If they if they listen to this, the Fears Bros and Robert Cook, you guys, you guys are the main reason I'm, I'm I went through that. You uh, you're amazing, guys. Uh, and, and and following you guys' journey, um, Nathan just became a dad, and and they both got married and all that stuff. That's those those guys are amazing. They deserve all the best. Those I I'm in I'm in huge debt to those guys. Those uh that was social. Taking another guy in from another country who they did not know, and their families. That, Mr. and Mrs. Steers, I appreciate everything they did for me. Yeah, you've you definitely paid it back with the imports you've had over here. You know, you made a big impact on me and helped me out a lot. But I'm fascinated with uh, that that comfort zone and getting out of the comfort zone because that's a perfect example of it. You know what I mean? Instead of saying, you know, I'm going to quit, go back to mommy and daddy, and everything's going to be fine. But instead, you stuck through it. And they say, I put something on the Bold Perceptions Instagram. You know, it's your comfort zone, there's a little circle, and then there's a big circle to the right of it, that's where the magic happens. And that's out of your comfort zone, and it sounds like, what what did you all get out of that American experience that you're, you're so grateful you stuck in that uncomfort zone? I might not actually realize, I'm, I'm realizing it now that when, when I was a, later at Northwest Missouri State, they had a, they had a really good quote that was the, like, kind of like the team philosophy of the football team, which was to improvise, adapt, and overcome. And not being able to play football, and, and I feel like I improvised. Hey, I decided that I wanted to make the best out of it, and I adapted to the situation. It turned out I overcame it. Like it's that's that is amazing. Growth. It's it's I felt that, that's the most growing, and, and and to be honest, like my even my my, my parents said that I am um, I was a whole different kid when I came home, especially with 
a lot of uh, adversity going on in my family while I was gone. So it's that was uh, that was crazy. It's amazing too those those experiences. Um, Klaus uh, Elman here. He he talked about how it was the biggest change impact at such a young age when you go overseas like that. A lot of exchange programs. That's what they do it. So people grow up. They they become men. They they become adults and. It's fascinating here, and I mean, I wish we did it more in America, but we're kind of stuck in our high school and go through that. And but just the amount you learn, and you, you're away from family, you got to grow up, and that's a that's a big thing too. Being over here in uh, <clears throat> overseas, that I've got to really experience it, and it's amazing what happens when you you get out of that comfort zone. The special stuff happens. So, but Casper, um, I want to see a point right there because you're coming here. I've seen a growth from you ever since I got you here in March. Like coming in over there, being like, "Hey, I'm American, really coming here." Uh, typical Midwestern American coming into the into Denmark, which is a very, very laid back uh, country. Um, uh, I mean, you've seen like you, you, you're a different guy now. You've grown, and it's, I'm still me, but um, I definitely, yeah. There's been a lot of good pieces, you know what I mean? And and I think there's a, a give and take. I think there's so many things that Americans do right, you know, with the, our American spirit and who we are as people. But no, definitely, I mean, it's been the, like I've told a lot of people, I felt, I felt like I've lived 10 years this past year. Everything I've seen, everything I've done. And it's amazing when you, you just get out of those routines. That's the key. Told you it was going to be an adventure. Yeah, you were right. You sold me on an adventure and, and you, you paid, uh, you cut the checks with it. It worked. It was great. But uh, Casper, let's get into... Let's get into that management thing because, I mean, you're, you're 26 years old, a president of an organization. you got 10-year-old cheerleaders. Um, you got 35-year-old uh, football players. How do you balance it all with the personalities, uh, the communication, the organization? Tell me how like, you, you handle all this. I mean, I don't want to sound cocky or anything right now, but, I mean, first of all, I'm a big believer of leading by example. Uh, if you work hard and people around you see you working hard and you work towards a common goal. I am a, I have a general impression that people will buy in and do everything they can to, to make things work. Um, we, I remember when I took over at 21, um, the current head coach of the team, Charles, your head coach, um, him and, and actually the guy that you live with, John Hanson, they told me that Oh, this guy cannot be the president. He's too young. We don't trust this guy. Blah blah blah. And everyone around that table when we sat back then. They were like, they're like, like, okay. So, who else? Uh, anybody else signing up for this show? Yeah, exactly. And um, and and it was just like I had the sirens in the room. It was like no nothing. Like dead quiet. I've never seen such a dead dead room. Like oh, you said that. Yeah, the entire the entire board sat there because I was a U16 head coach at that point, <clears throat> and they called in all the head coaches from different teams to to a meeting. It was like, hey, the entire board is leaving. Uh, and uh, by the way, the head coach we've had for uh, at that point, what, what seven years at that point, um, uh, he's going to Italy by the way to coach. So yeah, you guys figure it out. <laughs> and then like nobody else signed up, and everybody was like, okay. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm just saying, like, hey, you guys support me, and we we help each other out, and, I mean, it's, we can make this shit work. Yeah. And then, like, they started talking, okay, so I'll take the president role, I'll make, take care of the organization, and you guys coach the, uh, the the men's team and the elite team, and we'll figure everything out. I'll continue as a U16 coach, and, uh, and we'll work shit out. And 
It's um, then we started talking about the uh, the entire like athletic philosophy of the organization and having to deal with people. And I was like, okay, if I'm gonna be the president, I want to have a say in, in what we do in the everyday life in this with this team with this teams. And I was like, oh, you can't have you don't have the experience to uh, to go through that. I was like, I insisted it. Hey, if I'm gonna be the president, I want to participate in this. And which is fair, be the president. <laughs> yeah, on. I mean, it's like I'm not going to be the president just to do all the accounting and yeah. uh, and make uh, and go to uh, boring meetings with the federation and everything. It's like, yeah, trust me, those meetings can be really boring. Um, <laughs> and I'm calling you out on that on this podcast. Come on, Dad, you gotta fix it up. <laughs> yeah, and it's um, so, so that, that was crazy, and and, and and obviously at 21 at that point, like even younger compared to the oldest player than I am right now um, people I didn't really feel like people respected me for being their president but people started respecting me because they could see that nobody wanted exactly. this exactly you don't just get respect you gotta earn it exactly uh, I hope right now that I've earned people's respect you've earned mine for sure um, and uh that's that's also why I mean it was emotional yesterday, knowing that I'm stepping down as president of the organization, um, because of what's to come. But we'll talk about that later in the, in the podcast. But it's it's emotional. But but I feel like coming from that age, people, everyone telling me that um, you're too young and you'll you'll learn, you'll get older, and it's like, hey, no, I mean I I don't learn if I don't get involved. I need to be involved to be able to learn. I can't just sit back and wait for you guys to involve me. And Hey, so that's my that's what I want to say to people out there, and I I was about to quote that when I was asked for a quote for the article the team posted. I was about to say, hey, don't sit back, involve yourself, involve yourself. If you want to have an opinion on something, involve yourself, and do not be the one throwing trash at people or saying shit about other people if you're not putting in the work yourself. Yeah, hundred percent. Talk about all the time, the, the talkers and the doers, and and if you don't have solutions, then you go sit at the little kid table and you shut your mouth. It's as simple as it gets. If you have solutions, then speak up all you want. But no, I, I love that, Casper. Um, so it was about doing it day to day, improving the people that you're really about it. That's kind of how you, you gain the respect, and obviously you created a good little program here. We're trying. I mean, it's uh, I mean. Won everything, but 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 that big one that that I want to win with the with the men's program. But but I mean, in five years we've been to the national championship final twice, and I was hoping that this was going to be the third this year. And and but I mean, came up short. Uh, but that's life; it happens. And um, and sometimes that those failures is uh, is the one that's going to realize that either you're going to work harder or uh, you got to change things up. Clarity through losses. We did a whole podcast on it. A lot of times, um, you get to see things more clear when when you lose or when you have a, a fallback, and I totally agree. But okay, Casper. So you're also a marketing. You do a lot of marketing too on the side. You have a, a job that pays you. You know, you don't you don't get the big paycheck from being the president of the organization. Let's uh, kind of sneak into that marketing spot because you're you're pretty smart with it. You're not stupid with it. Yeah, I mean, no educational background in marketing. Nothing. Um, well, a point I was going to make about the young person coming in there and, and doing stuff, you got to look at Zuckerberg's story. I mean, I don't, I don't like Zuckerberg, but the guy was, you know, a 20 billionaire at 23 or whatever. And they, they have an interview of him 
at their first office in uh, Silicon Valley, and they had a keg in there. They were drinking beer at college kids. And all Jeez. the yeah, all the big upper people that oh, you need to do things this way and do that. And you know, obviously, he had some help. He listened, but he trusted his gut. And now look at what Facebook's become. I mean, just massive. Yeah, and that's a, I just, big things coming from somebody who doesn't even want to be on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, I respect them for sure, but Facebook got that's scary. It's very scary. It's uh, I mean, uh, nobody. I mean, there's always going to be another, but but that thing is going to be hard for anyone to replicate. But then oh, I also I I heard that just heard that story from now about you wanting to be the president and saying that in the the boardroom. I think that's pretty cool. Everyone's scrambling. What are we going to do? What are we doing? Someone steps up. And that's special. I mean, that that's really cool. And obviously, you're going to get the people that chip at you. But it's funny because the people that actually do stuff, it's always people that don't do stuff that chip at them and, and say, well, you can't do this or that, that. Well, how about you take on the role then? How about you deal with it? I mean, I think that's, a, that's an issue. But that's life. There's a reason why some people succeed because they can handle it. They can handle that. Yeah. And, and, and I'm an outgoing person. I mean, I'll say my opinion to people. And that's also why I believe, like, for a few years, uh, it's changed a little bit now. That's my general impression. I hope that I've, I've changed people's minds being older and not older. But but I've been the most hated person, I believe, in, in Danish American football uh, because, hey, I'll, I'll do what it takes for my team to move forward. Like, I need to represent my organization and do what's best for my organization. And, hey, when I took over, we had no money. We are only money left and right. And we had no income at all, like nothing, like nothing, and it was crazy. So we built it up like a little business. It's, it's been a business store, but I mean, we, we went totally away from the marketing thing. And, and, and as I said, no education, educational background in marketing at all. But of course, at 21, uh, no money. We had to do everything by ourselves with your, with the with the team and your and with the gold diggers. And of course, I got a little bit learning by doing experience uh, doing marketing for the gold diggers and then my dad being an entrepreneur uh, having his own company um, they were lacking uh, some help in the marketing department uh, so I was like hey I'll take that job because it's a good thing a little gig I can have on the side while I still study and so that ended up turning out pretty good and and, and did a marketing for them and, and uh, when I returned from the states uh, Late 2017, I actually took a full-time position with uh, with our family company, uh, and uh, yeah, been there till now. And yeah, now the future is. Uh, What's your marketing strategy? How do you go about? You guys, you marketed bikes. Bikes. There's more bikes in Copenhagen than there are people, so it's a big industry. And uh, you know, are you more social media? I mean, what do you all encompass when you go about your marketing? We're two people in the, the marketing department, and I had responsibility primarily of doing the social media part and uh, everything pretty much online marketing um, and where the the lady actually being my boss out there um, she was um, she was responsible for all, all our printing and talking to um, all our distributors out in, uh, in the, around the country um, so um, it was uh, it's it probably social social media um, growing them um, and, and there is as many strategies towards this as there's opinions. Um, or yours. <laughs> my general impression is that you need solid, consistent, consistent content, and then you need to create a story. Without a story, content becomes noise. And 
with noise, you're going to scare away um, your community or your followers in this case. Um, that's why we've been talking a lot about community and, and keeping out noise and, and figuring out which, which content that's actually relevant for your community. And you and I don't always share the same opinion on this, um, but my strategy is always that I want to stick to the story. Um, I want to keep within my frame that I've built and make sure that if you're, uh, if you're hitting people, you hit people in your target zone. Uh, I like what you talk about. Do the talk about the um, the dartboard. This is good. Yeah, I mean, we, we talked about the dartboard, and and if you have the bullseye being your uh, being your core of the uh, followers and, and people who is uh, interested in literally in this case buying a bike, then you need to figure out okay, where do we hit people who want to buy a bike uh, or for that sake doesn't know they want to buy a bike yet? Because uh, the end of the day, that's what it's all about for us. That we need people buy bikes from us and not one of the other uh, bike distributors around the country. Um, and and if you want to hit some people, you need to hit people within an area pretty close to your target zone. That's the easiest people to get. Um, I explained to you the situation with uh, Danish American football and spectators in the, state, in the stadiums here. Uh, obviously, we don't have as many spectators as soccer have here, but you see a lot more followers on Facebook for... Um, the uh, NFL uh, broadcast in Denmark than you do for the uh, Danish league. Um, and that means that we have some people who are interested in American football in Denmark. That's our bullseye. That's the people that we hit right now. But we do actually have some followers who are interested in American football in general, the NFL. And those people are easier to hit than people uh, who doesn't even know about football yet. So... Those are the first people that you want to target because if you cannot bring in those people and make them interested in Danish American football, what are the odds that you can bring in people who is a not soccer guy or interested a in football? No, why, why would people, why would people go to a Gold Diggers versus Towers when they could go to Brumby versus FC Copenhagen, which are the two biggest teams, like El Clasico of Denmark? And, and it's uh, so, so, so that's my philosophy. You gotta, you gotta make sure that you, you reach the people that's easy to reach and that your content is relevant for the followers that, that you have uh, and don't strike too much out of your, your own story um, uh, because in that way, if I start talking about, with let's say, the Gold Diggers marketing, if I start writing about too much about, hey, uh, we're going to do um, something, let, let's just do, let's say policy, we're going to start promoting some politician, yeah. it's like, we're going to lose our followers. Yeah. Because people are not following the gold ears because they want to hear about a politician, right? And 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 that's 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 where we've been going back and forth a little bit about like your the podcast, Bold Perceptions is is uh, is very very uh, has a big variation in in, in content, um, which is also why like personally I listen to most of your episodes, but but I don't listen to all. And I'll be honest with you, and I've always told you that hey. You just because I know you, it's not the reason that I want to hear your podcast. I want to hear um, good content, relevant for what's interesting for me, um, and that's why I listen to it. I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna spend time listening to to everything. So. No, 100. <clears throat> and obviously, as things build and grow, you go in different directions, or you find what you're doing, and and the the podcast started off in a in a different direction. We kind of moved into this whole. 
the perspectives around and, and being happy and successful and how you can, you know, reach these states and anything you do and how everyone relates. So we kept that, but then also it's turned into a community. We're trying to build a positive community of freaking doers. You know what I mean? And, and the, the fascinating thing is you can relate to so many people. Let's say, um, example, we brought, we had Simon on uh, a fitness guy who started his own eco-friendly clothing line. And I actually know, um, a tailor in the city who, um, listens to the podcast um, and she already made an eco-friendly clothing line so i'm like hey let's connect these people two different fields you know she's a tailor and he's fitness but they can give each other value win-win relationships and so yeah i think uh but that's your bullseye right there right there is your bullseye and those are the people that you need to focus on in every in every podcast and then what you want to do from the bullseye is that you want to expand it make the bullseye yeah. bigger make the community bigger and you do that by always trying to aim just outside the bullseye and then make sure you get all the way around. Make sure you throw the darts all the way around the bullseye and then you hit everybody around the bullseye. And in that way, as soon as you're around that circle, you expand it. And then, you, then you start over and then you just hit all the way around the circle again. And then in that way, the bullseye expands. I like that. Now, now listen to this. We talked about, I had the, the chef on, Alice. Um, and we talk about how in, in uh, chefing and, and all that, you can get in these flow states. You can get all your problems out by by uh, creating and, and, and making and, and being happy from that. It's the same as when I play sports. I get in the flow. I'm not thinking as much. I'm just playing. I'm having fun. I'm living. You know what I mean? So you can relate on those aspects. We try to make, make it. But chefing and sporting is a totally different thing. You know what I mean? But there's still the same principles of success. There's still the same principles of, of reaching a flow state and, and happiness. So you can kind of relate them both but that's kind of out of your bullseye but there's still some elements that are similar definitely because at the end of the day uh, positivity is uh, usually uh, based on successful experiences and that's that's the awareness that people need to have that if they want to have a positive life and a lot of success with a lot of success is about always having small positive things doing things that you like which is why people pursuing careers in a field that's interesting for them, that they, they have a general passion for. It's usually the one that wakes up in the morning, ready to go to work with a smile <clears> on their face. The crazy thing I found out is through interviewing all these different people and talking to different people, the the foundation of success and happiness is basically universal. All these freaking principles, and that's what's so fascinating to me is that no matter what you do, there's there it's similar it's similar reaching that that, that that success peak and being fulfilled in what you do and it, it's fascinating when you start realizing that then you can relate to more people and, and understand each other and and that's the that's the one main piece of this bull perceptions thing but then also now how do we use it to create a network where we're all we understand each other we have similar foundations but we're in different fields now let's mesh it together and work with each other and push each other because we always talk about it. it's about you know who you're surrounded with, who you're you're networking with, you're communicating with uh, to to push yourself to be, become more happier and, and and successful. And that's where your finest tasks task comes in now, Nick, is to link these people. With, when you walk around and, and travel around, you meet different people uh, with different different perspectives and and different opinions and also different uh, possibilities. And if you find people and you sit here and like. I hear you with a lot of references to other podcasts we're talking about right now is that we can all learn from each other mm -hmm. and at the end of the day at some point in a year or two maybe your community has grown to a point 
where you meet somebody or uh, he meets somebody who's uh, who's in a situation where hey I want that adventure that Nick had uh, playing overseas and playing football and hey wait I'll link you up with Casper yeah. you, you can talk to him and, and if he can't help you play for the Gold Eagles, you might be able to help you play somewhere else and it's it's, it's that's what you want to do and build that community so you, so you can be able to help others which is the actual foundation of the bullseye of the bold perceptions in my opinion that's yeah. how I see it is that the bold perception biggest task right now is to find a way to connect to connect people to make them able to give each other positive experiences and successful stories create great relationships 100% and we're on it, but let's get back to your story, man. We got way too much in this bull perception. It was fascinating because your marketing perspective, and you've been a big supporter of it, which I appreciate it. But so, hey, you're kind of going on a new journey here. You're, you're heading to the to Spain, Madrid. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So uh, when I returned from my uh, internship at Northwest Missouri State, I had a great experience over there, but I didn't really have a plan. Um, I got because of visa rules and educational system here in Denmark paying you to study um, and uh, then going to the states and rules about America not being able to steal uh, uh, the best workers from Denmark uh, I actually got a two-year work ban uh, in the states running out here in November 2019 um, so I figured out hey um, I'm at a point in my life right now hey um, I don't have any besides the gold of course uh, obligations that I need to fulfill. I don't have a girlfriend. I don't have kids yet. Um, so hey, why not take a chance and better myself in what I do? So, so I started kind of like looking around, uh, figuring out, hey, um, what do I want to do? And 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 it didn't. It ended up being pretty, pretty, pretty interesting uh, uh, that I had the possibility to go to Spain uh, in Madrid, um, doing an MBA program in sports management. Um, Highly ranked in the world, um, and um, actually in cooperation with uh, Real Madrid, the soccer team. And that's what I love about that because it's not just freaking books. You're actually in the thick of things, actually with an organization. You get to learn. It's not like, you know, there's there's the real world and there's the books, yeah. and you get to learn from this this part. So keep going. Yeah, I mean, uh, so yeah, I visited down there last week, and I was actually told that the first couple, uh, the first couple of days classes was going to be in. Santiago Bernabeu, which is the uh, stadium of Real Madrid. Like, we're going to have classes there. Oh, um, and I figure out that, hey, why not Why not pull out 10 months of my calendar and be like, hey, I'm actually doing something for me right now. I've spent five years doing a lot of stuff for other people. Um, and now it's time that if I want to pursue my career and, and, and reach my goals and, and, and have – my dreams fulfilled, then I need to I need to do something now. Like we're we're kind of at the point of no return right here. Well, and also listen too, if you help yourself, you're only going to be help more people and in a better way in the future because you're going to be more smart with this Madrid thing, your experiences, learning, and then you can give it even more back. You can get, you know what I mean? So hopefully, hopefully. yeah. Once you help <laughs> yourself, like if you, people got to help themselves to be able to help everyone else. Yeah, I mean, if you're letting yourself down, you're letting everybody down. Because uh, people cannot rely on a person who, who can't even rely on themselves. 100%. 100%. So let's, uh, let's talk about this. So, I mean, was it kind of scary? Like, decided oh. to, to, to jump and get out of your comfort zone? Because you've been a big fish in a, you know, well, you can say a small pond, Copenhagen. It's not that small, but you're comfortable here. Definitely. Uh, I mean, obviously growing up here and 
and, uh, and being comfortable of having been with the uh, same organization and very small since I was 13 years old. Um, that's a that's a comfortable situation, and and to be honest, uh, my my stomach has been cramping. I mean, it's been that scary. Like uh, the having to prepare the organization uh, ever like since April. Because you're very hands on. You're very hands on. So I know it's it's your baby. You've been you've been it growing is, up in this program. It is, it is my baby, and hey, this uh, this uh, <laughs> this club has probably caused me a relationship or two as well, and and that's. And that, that is my baby. Hey, anybody will fight for their baby. And, and whoever says that, that, um, that uh, their baby is the most important thing when they, get it, when they get their first kid. So this is the closest thing I've ever had to my, my first kid. And so. I, I can't have nothing but respect for someone that goes all into something. I mean, that's business, um, your, your job, um, a relationship, raising a kid. But if you're going to go into something, you go into it. And I, I like that about you. you, you I mean, you, you don't get paid. You don't. And you give up all the time. And, and so anyone that can't respect that. Probably about 40 hours a week for free. Yeah. 40 hours. Yeah. And that, that, that's impressive. So believe in that. I mean, that's tough. Yeah. Hey, luckily, I mean, I can't do it by myself. It's you got good people in place. A lot of good people in place. And some people I trust with every inch of my body. It's, uh, it's, they do it for free, too. Volunteers. They do it for free. Too, and, but but I also think that that the organization is going to get uh, is actually going to realize now how much how much stuff needs to be done to yeah. make a successful program run. And so hopefully, I mean, if I if I return to the to the organization, um, which I mean, that'd be a good little love story doing one day again. Um, then it's going to be uh, it's going to be I think it's going to be if, I mean if. If the organization doesn't break now, it's going to get stronger. Exactly. And then adding adding me to to that again uh, will make one big hell scary uh, organization. So coming for you, rest of the football team. Yeah. Coming for you. <laughs> that's great. No, that's great. So what's uh, kind of the goals and and what you look forward to accomplish out of this experience in in Madrid? I mean, obviously, I mean, I've, I haven't haven't been a guy that interned in the states in Missouri and. Uh, going to Florida for high school, and I'm a huge cultural guy. Uh, I love history, love love meeting other people, uh, love um, love being with other other cultures in general. Uh, I mean, there's a there's a long, 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 long way from a, from a Danish race kid in, in in the northern part of, of Copenhagen area to uh, to uh, East Coast Florida kid um, to um, to a guy from the Midwest, yeah, because yeah, no. uh, those Midwestern guys, oh, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a whole other story there in the Midwest. Hey, we're friendly, Midwest, <laughs> Minnesota, nice too, right? I love. I mean, I was in Missouri. I mean, it's uh, I, I met a lot of people there that I love to death. They're uh, they're amazing people. But but the the biggest the biggest thing I I bring from this is the understanding and being able to adapt to to socialize with with other cultures yeah. and to that. I think the biggest biggest thing in this is respecting other cultures and where they come from. And I'm excited to, to go to Southern Europe, um, to Spain, and, and, and start learning about their lifestyle and, 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 and living it, man. That's a big thing you've helped me with, too, because um, you got to understand cultures and people and, and get my way or the highway. And But also, uh, there, you can't lose yourself. 
you can't lose yourself. You gotta keep what makes you special, but also realize that not everyone thinks the same. You know what I mean? So you gotta understand that and work within it to make it happen. And that's cool. That you, you, that's great. You've seen the the Florida, the down south, the Midwest, uh, the Copenhagen. You've seen a lot. That's what makes you probably a really good uh, president because you understand different types of people and the, the communication. Definitely. I mean, and then I'm a pleaser in general. I, I want to. I want everybody. Yeah, to, you text back right away. You yeah, for the I little want, things. I want everybody to have a good time. Uh, I I hate when people feel is feeling let down or if people is not thriving uh, in their environment. Um, that's a piece that you have to be careful with because, right, if, if you're too focused on everyone else, then you lose sight of yourself, too. And definitely. I mean, I mean, and, and, and even even your time here, I've been, I've been at, at points worried and always checking in on you. Hey, if you're doing good, if you come out of your apartment when I'm picking you up, like always asking you, hey, you're okay, man? And, and always, always, always checking, checking you. You look tired. I'll ask you if you're okay. And always just get the answer that I didn't get my coffee or something like that. I'm always up. I'm always up. Um, so, but yeah, that's, that's the impression of God knew. But I mean, if you remember back in the beginning, man, I asked you a ton, like, yeah. Oh, Hey, you okay, man? It's checking well, it out. You know what it's like being in uh, Florida all by yourself. So you're, that's why you, you relate with these imports. So the well. three days, first three days you were here, I took off work, made sure that I was available and took you around, show you around the place, made sure that we got you checked in at your, at your place and make sure everything worked with public transport so you can get around and and all that stuff got you registered with the with the municipal and all that stuff that yeah. we needed to get done that I didn't want to just send you out in the city by yourself without having to know where you are. We no. walked we walked, walked a lot one of the first days I remember like uh, looking around. No, I, I'll tell you that, and I, I've been really praising on this thing, but it's true, man. And I I, re, I respect you a lot for it, and you did make the transition because you get it. You understood what it was like being in Florida, you know, away from family and. And I do really want to say I appreciate what you've done for me a lot. I, I do. And I appreciate having you here. I mean, it's a we don't want to make this a love fest, but nah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mutual relationship, right? I mean, we got to make sure that that I mean, obviously you come here and us wanting something from you and and win-win relationship. And, and you come here and obviously want to have something out of this adventure too. And and I, I feel like we. Almost got the best of it, right? Yeah, close, close, but everything happens for a reason, you know, the whole thing. What, um, as we kind of wrap this thing up, we're going to be going for about 46 minutes. Uh, what? A lot of, I know, it's crazy, <laughs> huh? It's a lot of good stuff. What, uh, some quotes, some some books, and stuff that you live by? Because obviously, you're, you're, you're a smart dude who's seen a lot, and you've been in, in high positions at, at such a young age. So what, what has made you successful? What do you live by? I live it one day at a time. And making sure that if you treat people, I mean, I know it's it's cheesy, but if you treat other people the way you want people to treat you, uh, you're along, you're you're halfway there. I mean, if you have good relationships with other people, I'm not sure I can I can draw a book. I'm not a huge uh, huge uh, academic book thing, but but in general, I mean. Reading and, and understanding different cultures is, is big for me, and, and, and that's why I love general books where people travel and walk around and, and kind of visually takes you into the book about the city and, and their lives. Um, I, I can't, maybe I'll drop one later, but, but like right here on the uh, raw and uncut, I, I mean, you can't think of one. You should have warned, warned me before. I should have known, man. I've heard so many podcasts. Um, I mean, I mean, a quote. Uh, I mean, I love the uh, improvise, adapt, and overcome thing done uh, 
from Northwest. A very successful program. And, and, and then it's it's all about family. And, and to me, family is not just the people that have your DNA in the bot, but family is what you make it. Family is the people that you generally uh, care about and the people that you want to be successful in life and that you hope the best for. Um, I consider you family now, about part of a big, bigger family and about a big picture. And, and, and people who has that feeling and people who appreciate me will damn sure be appreciated the, the other way around. It's, it's improvise, adapt, and overcome to your situation. And, and I think that I mean, you've done a great job doing that here. Um, and uh, I hope that you'll do that for the rest of your life, everywhere you go. Totally. No, family is, I think I always say, all you got is yourself, and if you're lucky, family. And don't necessarily be just blood, but it's, that's when, sh when shit hits the fan, who's there for you. That's the only people that are there for you, and you got to reciprocate it 100%. Honestly, you don't pick your family, but you pick your friends, and that's why I make my friends a big part of my family as well. Um, and that's just my opinion. Some people is very close with their bot. I hasn't been a really big thing in my family. Like I have parents who doesn't, my parents doesn't see their siblings and everything. But I make sure that I have my dad's best friend. We call him Uncle. Um, and that's uh, I mean, you pick your family. That's that's my opinion. Hundred percent. Well, Casper, I appreciate everything you've done for me. I appreciate that we done for Bold Perceptions. The mic we're using right here. Um, yeah, and you know what? You can keep it, man. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate it. I'll give you some money. But uh No. <laughs> Not having But it. I wanna wish you the, the sponsor, best sponsor gift right here. A sponsor gift, okay. It's a sponsor gift. I wanna wish you the so best. So you can pay some Danish taxes off of them. Oh no no. <laughs> Too many taxes here. But hey, I wanna wish you the best of luck in Madrid. I hope it's a, a great experience. I hope you you find out kind of what the future's in store and I'm very excited for you. Getting out of the comfort zone and really, you know, flourishing and, and you know, taking some time for yourself. That's gonna be amazing for you. So Thanks a lot, Casper, for supporting and, and coming on the podcast. Thanks, Nick. Come see me in Madrid, right? Yes, sir.